Welcome to our classroom. In this space, we talk about education, which is inclusive of, but not limited to, what happens in schools. Education is taking place whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. I am your host, Roberto Germán, and our classroom is officially in session. Today I'm joined by the authors of Change the Narrative, Henry J. Turner and Kathy Lopes. Henry is principal at Newton North High School in Newton, Massachusetts. He is most proud of the collaborative community he works within to empower students to fight hate and bigotry in their school. Kathy Lopes is a clinical social worker and educator with over 20 years of experience ranging from primary to post-secondary education. She currently serves as Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for Newton Public Schools in Newton, Massachusetts. Thank you for being here. It is my pleasure to have you. Uh, Henry, can you share a little bit about yourself before I get into my questions? And then, Kathy, I'll ask you to do the same. Sure. Thank you so much for have, having us. This is uh, this is exciting, and um, we're, we are excited to talk about this book. So I am a high school principal in Massachusetts. I've um, been, uh, been a principal for 10 years now, and um, I came into education over 20 years ago, committed to social justice and uh, addressing racial disparities in our schools. I've worked in uh, large suburban schools that um, you know, need work to do around its diversity, equity, and inclusion, and making sure that all kids feel feel loved and seen. So that's just been my mission, and I'm really proud of the work I've done as a, as a principal. Thank you. Thank you for your leadership. Kathy? Yes. Um, so I am the director of diversity, equity, inclusion uh, for Newton Public Schools. I'm wrapping up my second year in this role and I got here by way of social work. So I am a social worker by training and I've been I've done work in education my entire career. I've also dabbled with policy and nonprofit organizations, but I'm always coming back to education and similar to Henry, just finding opportunities to create spaces for black and brown students to feel like they belong, that they can achieve, that they can imagine. Um, so it's really exciting that we were able to come together and put something together that I think is really um, near and dear to both of us. So That's awesome. So I have these wonderful perspectives that you bring to the table from the admin lens. And I think it's important that folks hear from administrators. Speaking as a former administrator, oftentimes the stuff I would see posted on social media would feel like a lot of bashing towards administrators. So from my perspective, having been on both sides, and I always got utmost respect from the teachers. And I've always found it important to bring people in to what it is we see from the 30,000 foot level. And you recently published the book, Change the Narrative. I'm curious, tell us about your book. What narrative are you changing? Why, how, and how much 
of your experience as administrators played into the way you wrote the book? So I'll just say that um, I, I I agree with you. I think that um, I think that there can be there can be a lot of bashing of, of administration, and at the same time, is that the research shows is that the number one impact on on a student in a school is the teacher. The number two is the leadership. So um, so you know we you can you know I think there's a lot of books out there, and that's sort of the driver of this of this of this book is that there's a lot of books out there about how you can do this work yourself. Uh, in terms of um, addressing uh, racism, systemic racism, racial inequity in your school, you know how you can be a better advocate for students. But there isn't anything out there about how do you create a system that dismantles the system to build a system that is for all kids. And that's the narrative that we wanted to shift. And, and, and to me, when we started talking about the title, it started with a you know a teacher who was really struggling to say, you know, I can't, um, it was a hist- history teacher talking about um, diversifying their, their curriculum. And he, he said, well, you know, all, including all these different narratives doesn't create a narrative for students to understand. And he said, I, re- I was thinking about that for several years. And what I realized is that we've got to change the narrative. We've got to, we've got to recognize that we want students to recognize that history is complex, that it's complicated, that it has many voices, and that that is the narrative, not that there's a single narrative, that there are multiple narratives. And I think that that um, is true for how our students exist in school, is that we can't just expect them to all follow the same path. We need students, we need students to know that they can follow their own path, their own story, and that everything that they bring into our buildings has a lot of meaning. And has a lot, they have a lot of strengths that will allow them to to excel. Um, and I would say that um, you know my lens as a as a change agent, you know that's I believe in distributed leadership and working with uh, diverse groups to to create to change culture. That's what drives me as as a leader. And um, Kathy, from her social justice social work lens, is a is people centered, and I think that that's really where our combination just made this. Perfect is that um, you know many of our conversations were driven around like you know I would I would talk about some policy and and she was focused on the people like how do you bring people along and it, I think that that's where it just really goes hand hand in hand. I love that. It sounds like a beautiful balance. Kathy, can you add to that? Yeah, I think so much of uh, how I show up in this work and also in this book comes from my own personal narrative of being one of the only students of color in my education from, you know, kindergarten through graduate school. And so I've always really considered how do you center the voices of those who feel unseen, who feel like they're marginalized. Um, And the narrative has been in education, like comply, assimilate, uh, work harder, stop being lazy. And so for me, it's really thinking about no, that's not the narrative to put it on these children to assimilate in order to succeed. We have to dismantle. We have to recognize the ways that we're perpetuating harm. We're perpetuating exclusion. And that narrative leaves so many kids out. Um, so I really wanted to shake up how, how we are seeing this, this story for student success 
um, and student belonging and student agency by by shifting that and saying, how do you ask? How do you invite? How do you, um, you know, bring them in and how do you center them? Because so often these students are never centered outside of just kind of being told, do more, work harder um, and, and just feeling inadequate in a system that isn't fit for them. I hear a lot of terms that in, I find encouraging as a school leader, as an educator. I hear you speaking in a way that suggests an asset-based approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to talk about centering the students. Henry, you had mentioned collaboration and shared leadership. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about how it is you shared in this process, your co-authoring process, and whether educators, writers should consider co-authoring. Because when I think about what you're saying and the fact that you published this book together, to, to me, there's a natural correlation in terms of, well, you're sharing leadership, you're centering people, you're also sharing this book, sharing your thoughts, your insights, this approach together, leading together. And so what was that like? What was the process of co-authoring this book like for you? I'm happy to um, share. So actually, Henry had um, Henry and I met through Newton, and we were working together a lot, um, just in my role as the DI director. And he had told me he wanted to write a book, and um, was sharing with me some of his thought process in the early phases. And then after a few months, he he asked me to um, to join him on this. And at first, I was hesitant. I was like, "No, this is your book and your vision." But um, he did convince me uh, to to come on board. And I think what has been really, really important, um, and I think it shows up in the book, is that there are a lot of similarities to how we've experienced our educational path, our personal stories, but the roles in which we play, we were really able to complement each other because he's a building administrator. So he really can touch on the policies, the grading, the curriculum, the, the student experience. And from a, a, a administrator level for the district, I and, and having a social work lens, I was really thinking about how do you shift a culture? How do you bring people in? How do you manage resistance? How do you empower folks to be a part of, of changing the system. So I think that there was such a nice compliment of like strategy and empathy and um, just thinking about social emotional pieces. Uh, and I also think um, what's uh, what has really shown up and I'm, I'm losing my train of thought right now, but I, I just had another point that might come back to me um, about, about our partnership, but Henry, do you want to add? Yeah. What I, what I would say is that we, um, Kathy has been a great thought partner and we share very similar stories. So both were um, black students in largely, mostly white schools um, and with white, edu- with mostly white educators. Um, we actually went to the same, same university, had, uh, had very similar experiences there. Um, and so um, I think that we are, we just matched really well. And there were a lot of things that I think now in hindsight, we're like, Oh my goodness! Like it's just so we're so glad that we we had hit it off uh, in that way. Um, Writing a book is is hard, so it you know I think um, when you know when I I was able to kind of start outlining what this book was going to look like, 
it, it felt really impossible to, to do it as a working, as a working administrator. And, you know, I, I just feel blessed that, you know, that Kathy was the person that, you know, that was, was there thinking it through with me and it just, it felt like a natural fit. And I 100% agree with her. That is a far better book because of that, you know, like um, we have um, a lot of activities that, um, that she has done in her um, work with, with, with educators. And, you know, she's worked with coaches. She's worked with counseling departments, um, special ed departments, and so there's a lot of ways, you know, how we think about school, a lot of different groups that sometimes feel left out when we just talk about instruction, right? And um, her experience as a, um, as a DEI person, as a social worker, um, I think just provided huge assets and a lot, addressed a lot of blind spots that I wasn't aware of until we went through it. And I would say the process was um, we just, you know, we divided it up. Uh, we ch- we selected different chapters to write, and you know we went with we actually went with the publisher that we went with, uh, Dave Burgess Consulting, because um, they really helped us to 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 feel confident that they would be able to create a unified voice, which is what we were nervous about because our writing styles our writing styles were different, um, and and our processes were different, but we edited each other's, so that was sort of the first step in terms of unifying that voice is that. We split up the chapters and then, um, you know, and I would say, oh, well, there's a story that I can add in here or there's a story I can, you know, that she, that she could add into mine. And then we just kept flip-flopping in the editing process, which I think, um, you know, ultimately uh, created created a unified uh, voice for us. Was it hard for you to bring her in? I asked because as a writer myself, even working through my editor's feedback makes me feel some type of way. I'm being honest. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> and so I think it takes humility to bring somebody else into your writing. I hold my writing very dear to my heart. And so perhaps you're the same way, but I, I just wonder about that. Was it challenging for you did you feel like you had to humble yourself to bring her in? And and for you too, Kathy, to lean into this and be like, all right, well, you know, maybe I could just do my own thing instead of collaborating. Yeah, I would, I, I mean, it's certainly interesting what, what Kathy's thought is here, but I would, I, I thought it was really easy bringing her in. Um, and part of it's that, um, you know, as a, someone who communicates a lot, um, in my, in my, in my work, um, you know, I have a lot of people editing it. Um, I think going through, going through the dissertation process as well, you know, really, uh, beats up your, uh, uh, you know, any sort of overconfidence that you may have, uh, that you don't need someone to, to rip it apart for you. So I, I did find the strength in it. Um, I think that what was, you know, I think there were a couple moments that were challenging. You know, one is that we are, we're different, different writers and like, you know, you learn about each other's strengths. Uh, just, you know, really funny is that we had to cut like 45,000 words out of the book, um, right off the bat. Um, you know, they were like, we're not going to, yeah, we're not, they're like, we're not going to publish this. We had to cut about, you know, over a third of the book. Um, and I was telling um, some people in my staff this, and they go, "What? You're surprised by that?" They go, 
you're you are verbose. I go, what do you mean I'm verbose? They go, have you ever read your newsletters? <laughs> oh man, that's so great. Was, you know, so it was like, uh, you know, and and Kathy is very direct to the point, and so it was. I think that was that was super helpful. And um, you know, the other the other point was like, you know, she said you need to trust me on the on the book cover, and uh, that was probably our most tense moment was was yeah. was debating the debating the book cover and uh you know it I, I think it's a beautiful book cover so you know i give her 100 percent credit for that wow thank you um yeah i i think uh one of the things that I, and i remember i was gonna say that i think the the piece of the book that really came together is we were always very clear on what we wanted it to be and we want what we wanted the message to be and what we wanted people to take from it where you know it gets tricky is that our writing styles are different just like henry staff knows that he's verbose uh, you know, I take pride in being considered a succinct writer. Um, so there were times where I would write something and think it was so profound and Henry would be like, you need to write more. And and yeah, your ego gets like, and I haven't gone through the dissertation process. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. Or he'd write something and I'm like, wait, like it's a lot. So I think there was a lot that was the negotiating. And I think overall through the editing process, we hit like the right tempo and the right amount. Um, but um, there were never issues about like, we shouldn't do that or we should do this. We were, we agreed on the, the template and, and the purpose from the beginning to end. And it was interesting that the, the trickiest part was the cover after we got through that whole editing process, like we came closer as a, as a process. And then we're like the, the fun part, the cover is where, where it got heated up a little bit, but um, it, you know, I think we're just really, really proud and happy with, with all of the book. Um, so. It must've been such a great learning experience for both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You mentioned dividing up the chapters. Which chapter was the most challenging for you to write? I thought I thought assess the assessment was the most challenging. Yeah. Um, and I think it's telling. I mean, I think it's telling that a lot of uh, a lot of educators don't don't follow that step. Um, but we follow. We um, used uh, an evolving for learning. Um, uh, model for uh, for the book, which was uh, to do your own work through this and to do your own uh, to to lead through your culture is to follow a cycle of uh, learn, reflect, act, and assess. Um, and you know we 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 saw a couple of vulnerabilities where when people try to do anti-racist work is that they go right into action and they haven't done any research, they haven't learned anything, and their bias. Um, clouds the action, mm-hmm. um, or their community is not ready for it. You know, there's a lot of reasons why that action fails. It actually could create, uh, could strengthen the systemic racism in the in the in the organization if you go straight to action. Um, you know, how many times do we see someone say, "Oh, I just read this book. I'm going to do this tomorrow," right? And um, and and not thinking through sort of what the impact is. And when we're we're dealing with our own bias when we're dealing with um, you know, hundreds of years of, of racism, you know, you have to, you have to take a, a methodic pro- approach. Um, and then the last step after an act is to assess it. Did this work? Right. And this is where did, did our action lead to uh, dismantling racism to improving student lives or did it do nothing or did it even worse hurt students? And I think a lot of people, you know, miss that. I thought it was really hard because, you know, it is, uh, it's easy to make, uh, 
you know, the other steps really fun and engaging and assessment is hard, is really hard work. You know, it, it can be, it can be dry, but it's important. I think that's what we're really focused on. And secondly, is that it's vulnerable. Um, is that, it, you know, is that we, our school has not, our district has not solved racism, right? Like we still have a lot of work to do and there's no other school, there's no school district that has solved racism. So, um, so the assessment is you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to say, we really messed up uh, with this, right? You know, we invested a lot of money and we messed up. Um, and, or we, you know, we messed up with this hire. This is a, a human being. Like you, you have to be really vulnerable in that, uh, in, the, in these moments. And so assessment was hard because it, it um, you know, it's, it's challenging, it's vulnerable. Um, and it's not, it's not the, it's not, you know, the most exciting is the action that you're taking. Right. 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 Kathy, was that also yeah. the hardest for you? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about it and it was definitely assessed because it also like, how do you pack this into a chapter and help folks understand like really thoughtful ways to assess? So one of the things that I do in my role, um, and we get, we get folks that say, we want to do this or we want to know what has the, the achievement gap changed or has your discipline rates changed? And although these are very important measures and the things that we are actually trying to shift and dismantle, we're not always inviting those impacted to say like, how did this land? Are you experiencing Experiencing a difference. So there was also a push to bring in again those voices to say, what would make this a better experience? What would make learning more engaging? How safe do you feel in this community? And then go back to them and say, you know, is there improvement? What are we missing? And making sure that they're involved in that entire entire process, whether it's, it's teachers or students or families. So it was just um, how and, and shifting this mind of like these, these data measures that we become so accustomed to that that not being the end all be all right. We actually want to see a culture shift and you might not always capture that in measurable quantitative ways. So trying to put that in, a, in one chapter of the book and remind folks, you have to go back to it. Cause like Henry said, you know, you get these big initiatives or we did this and nothing changed and helping people slow down through the process and really think about how do I start to notice change in different ways? Um, so can I just have one, one other, one other thing is that um, this is where I think uh, we, you can also see, uh, you know, white supremacy culture really playing out as well is that again is that you know you've got to really you've got to innovate uh, in order to dismantle to to create student centered uh, and anti racist um, practices and policies and you know when uh, when you're asked by you know whatever 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 outside group what are the data points that are showing that this is working right and we want you to show it you know two months after you've implemented it. And it's like, this is where, this is why, why, why our you know, programs fail is that it's either all or nothing. And we have to sort of understand is that, um, you know, it's, it's student-based, that there's a lot of components to um, why students, um, you know, are, are not succeeding in school. And our definition for success is so narrow um, in, in so many of our schools so we have to unpack all of that, right? And that's the important piece of assessment is that it can't just be a test, right? It's not standardized based, standardized testing is not going to, um, you know, uh, tell you whether you are anti-racist or not. Um, you've really got to unpack it and that takes a lot of time. I think that's, re that's really the, where the work is really exciting. Um, but at the same point is that um, too often we see, um, you know, whether it's school boards, it's uh, it's um, communities, 
um, it's you know it's state government. Um, you know, really, really looking at very um, easy ways to tell you whether you're succeeding or not, and just so much more complicated than that. Yeah, absolutely. So, what is one quote from the book that you think will resonate with readers the most? So I want to, um, and I don't know if our, our quote is the same, but um, just when we started writing this book, it really was in the midst of kind of a movement for people to want to be involved and be engaged. Um, it was it was very shortly after George Floyd and the other murders um, of you know black black folks. Um, and by the time we were wrapping up the book, we already started to see the shift around kind of like this ban CRT movement. Right. And, um, and we wanted to speak to that resistance and how do you keep staying committed through the resistance and how to actually ex- uh, expect um, the, the resistance. So the, a quote that really stands out to me, and, and we actually just shared it probably two weeks ago, but um, it says we should expect resistance to manifest when we fight races, racism. Historically, it always has. So um, I think just historically, anytime you see advancement, anytime you see people engage, that resistance shows up and it shows up in legislation. It shows up in protests or communities. It shows up with, with money quieting folks. Um, so I think that it's really important to recognize like this is a part of the work and dismantling what's been existent um, in our country for centuries and that um, to stay committed and to keep pushing through and to not allow it to shut you down. And that's a bar right there. <laughs> for me, it was, um, you know, it's a, it's a story that, um, we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback from, which is starts right in the beginning, is a story about uh, one of our students, our former students, Lamari. And, um, you know, in a nutshell, she um, was talking, speaking to our current students about um, imposter syndrome, being a, a black woman in um, a statistics class at a large uh, uh, majority white public university and recognizing that she was ready and she was prepared and she um, ended up found, her, found herself tutoring two white male students. And she um, she was able to appreciate the moment, the power of that moment. Um, and so in that, we, we, we say that, um, you know, who is anti-racist work for? And it's for students like her, um, but it's also students, it's for, it's for all students. Um, so we say ra- anti-racist cultures benefit all students because these cultures believe that all students thrive in learning environment that understands the inequities that exist due to racist structures and systems, commit to dismantling racism so that students know their school loves them, and three, help students feel empowered to create change so that they will excel. Um, And so that helps the white affluent student with a lot of privilege, and it helps the, um, the student of color with um, you know, who has, um, who feels like they don't have any privilege at all or does not have any privilege at all, right? Um, is that if we can feel, help them feel empowered to create change, to create change for all kids, um, we know we're doing the right thing. And then we're going to see these you know, academic disparities be dismantled as well. I love both quotes because one tackles the reality of the resistance that we often face in this work that we engage in and the other 
affirms the reality that this anti-bias, anti-racist work is for all, that it's beneficial to everybody. And I would love to see more folks come around to that understanding. I'm hopeful your text will help push that forward. So too. To those that are listening, what is a message of encouragement you want to offer them? Wow. I, I think, um, you know, I've been in this role for two years and I, I do see the impact. I do see the shift. And I think one of the things that really stands out to me and you go into this role and you're prepared for resistance or you're know, like, no one wants to talk about racism all day. And what I've been really surprised about are how many people in the community want to do this work and don't necessarily know how to do it or don't feel safe to do it or don't feel supported by their, their supervisors and administrators. But once you create that space and once you kind of create that consistency and that commitment. Um, you know, people are coming from all angles, students and parents and educators and principals and just community members saying, we we want to be a part of this. We we want this for our children. And uh, it, we also work in a predominantly white um, school community. And we have these white parents saying, we want our children to understand this and be able to be inclusive and bring in um, all cultures. So I think what... Um, if you create the space, I think you'll be really surprised by that majority of people um, want want to invest in this. And I I don't think I understood that when I took on this role. I think I went ready like with armor to to barrel through. And what I've what I've learned is once I've created like a space and a standard that that everyone is well, the majority of our folks are saying yes, I want this for me, for my child, for my students, um, and in my profession too. I want to be better at this. Agree. We know that 80% of educators report that they want to do this work. They want to do anti-racist work and they want more professional development. So, um, you know, we need to take the mindset that educators are in this work for the right, um, the right reasons, but we've got to help them. We've got to, we've got to support them. Um, but it, it takes, it takes staying in the work. And I think that, um, the story, you know, one of the messages from the book, we talked about this, um, We've talked about this recently. Is that yoga influenced uh, this book tremendously, uh, and the idea that um, both of us have a, a strong yoga practice, and uh, we talked to some um, people in the yoga community about um, how um, this, the you know, the history and the practice of yoga um, can teach us about about this kind of work. And what we learned is just the idea of of staying present and staying in in it when it is hard, right? That's when you need it the most. Staying in this pose when it's the hardest is the same as, um, you know, when you feel this resistance, um, you know, you need to stay stay in that work uh, and don't back out. And uh, I remember in uh, when I was in college, I saw uh, Stokely Carmichael came to, to, to UMass, uh, the legendary um, civil rights leader, was Kwame Turi at that time, right before he died. And um, someone was asking him about, you know, some incidents that we were dealing with in our, in our school. Um, and, you know, this guy was dealing with some, you know, hate incidents that were directed towards him. And he said, uh, Stokely Carmichael said, stay in the work, just stay in the work. Right. And I just think that is the message for um, social justice work is that um, when we back out, we send a message when we stay in it, 
we send a, we send, we also send a message. Um, even when that work fails, right? Um, even when um, it's going, we know it's going to be hard or it takes time. You know, there are a lot of things we've done that um, you know our community um, or our staff have not um, have have not you know accepted or agreed to. But there's a lot that they have, and we learn from both um, you know b- both both stories. So you, you just got to stay in it and not see this as an initiative. And I think that's where I'm you know we're worried about where a lot of schools are are going is that they're putting equity as their, you know, on their school improvement plan as a one year initiative. Right. And check the box, check the box. Right. And you, and you, and you know, when I've talked to them, you know, I've asked them how, you know, how did it go? And they go, we're exhausted. And it's like, yes, you're exhausted. Right. This work is lifelong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you've got to take care of yourself and you've got to play the long game. You can't, you can't see this as, as a quick fix. Right. For those that want to, support your work by getting a copy of the text and also following your individual platforms. Where can they do that? So the, um, so the, so you can, the book, we have a a couple of things, a couple of additional resources as well. So please buy the book, uh, give us, give us a review, uh, help us to get help other educators to, to, to see it. Um, we are, uh, if you go to henryjturner.com, there's a, a link for um, a course that you can take that uh, goes along with the book. Uh, and there's also additional resources. We've got a whole website with study uh, study questions, reflection questions. So um, you know, we would encourage people to go there. And we're all over social media. So you can um, you can find me at TurnerHJ on Twitter, uh, Instagram at Turner underscore HJ. And just so I'm clear, the book can be bought at henryjturner.com. So go to Amazon. I'd say go to Amazon. Um, but but if you go to we have a link uh, to purchase the book. If you go to henryjturner.com, we have a we have links to to uh, to get you to to purchase the book there as well. But you can go straight to Amazon and and, and or you know search or your or your um, other you know other stores. Uh, what are you uh, in Google and search? You know, change the narrative, and you should be able to purchase it. Yes, we, it's on Kindle and paperback on Amazon and also Barnes and Noble. You can find the book too. But again, like Henry said, it's it's all over our social media platforms and um, that particular website, which we were intentional about creating a page to support the material in the book on henryjturner.com. And Kathy, what is your individual platform? So um, I'm all over the place. Um, so I do have a Twitter account, um, Kathy Lopes 21. Uh, my IG is Kathy Lopes 21. And I also have my own consulting business. Um, and that website is inclusionconsulting.com, but it's with a K um, for, for KL. So inclusionconsulting.com. Um, and I have some resources and some information there about how to, how to find me, how to reach me if, if you need me. So. And stay tuned. We're going to be doing some uh, work together over the summer and, um, you know, we'll be doing some stuff tied to the book and some book studies and and whatnot as well. Hey, folks, once again, the book is Change the Narrative. Henry Turner, Kathy Lopes, inspiring y'all to do things the right way, to do things in an impactful way to share the leadership, share their responsibility and stay present in this work. Thank you both. 
for being here. Thank you for all the insight. Wishing you much success with your book, Change the Narrative, and supporting all the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, man. We appreciate you and appreciate uh, the support that you've given us. So uh, thank you so much. Yes, and I don't think we shared that our forward is written by uh, you and your wife, Lorena. Hey, classroom, And that was a very, very exciting point for us when you both agreed to uh, to write our forward. And it's beautifully written. So uh, we, we have to give you and your wife a shout out for that as no well. No doubt. Honored to make a small contribution to something that's going to be extremely impactful. As always... Your engagement in our classroom is greatly appreciated. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show, and write a review. Finally, for resources to help you understand the intersection of race, bias, education, and society, go to multiculturalclassroom.com. Peace and love from your host, Roberto Germán.